What's up guys, it's me your boy Connor O'Malley. I'm down here at the Phillipsburg Mall and uh, it's time for, I, I came down to this mall to get my hair cut before court and I noticed that the haircut place was closed. So I decided to make this little video to try to uh, get teens to come down here to the mall and save the mall. So hashtag teens save the mall. <laughs> Yeah, no, easy, no, it's not easy. That's why I gotta be a strong guy, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing a little video for school. Uh -huh. Oh shit. But my wife is trying to take my stepdaughter away from me and my stepson. Can you believe that? Father, father's rights don't exist, you know what I mean? I like pizza, I like malls, I like malls, I like malls, I like malls, I like malls. Look at this. Wow. <laughs> but here you go, I'm gonna give this back to I you. Like and this I like pizza, I like proof that I did not hurt anyone. <laughs> I did not hurt anyone. Yeah, that's why you gotta be a strong to guy like me. You know what I mean? This is, I'm gonna show this to the judge. Oh, yeah. All right, dude. All right, see you, man. <laughs> God, how early is he in that mall? Because there's, it's just so dead. It's a wasteland, dude. I'm zooming in on the Asian's face. <laughs> Let me tell you, fucking guys, something. You gotta come down here and you gotta save the fucking mall. You gotta save it. Look at this. Uh, yeah, that's Colin O'Malley. That is uh, some good content right there. Primo espresso content. Espresso content. We should start the episode and provide our own content. Yes, we should. Oh, back with another episode for the summer. Summer sizzler. Sizzler. Hot over here. Ooh. We're cooking. We're what frying. You, what you cooking right now? You ain't cooking. Shit, cause you a bitch, dog. I'm Cooking fucking up coming up hot. It's hot, and I'm hot. I'm fucking, you're making me hot right now, dude. Good. I'm all sweaty from uh, just watching Joe Biden slather his lips with fucking Ooh. oil that's streaming out of his mouth to mm. try and come up with words. That's sexy as fuck. Joe I Biden's just love probably watching him babble. Joe Biden is probably again. the sexiest man to ever run for the presidency ever. Joe like, Biden. Does he have eyebrows? I don't know. He doesn't need. Not sure. He doesn't need no fucking eyebrows, dude. You think he has time to fucking give you a real expression? No. He's a man. Have time for the eyebrows. There are shoulders to be rubbed and heads to be caressed. He does not have time for eyebrows. As his friend Obama said, you don't need eyebrows to be a king. Ooh, yeah. I'm off the rails today, dog. We've been fucking, we've been third world ballers have been out to the movies this past summer because our episodes have been about movies and now it's about to be about us. Man, shit. You know what I'm saying? Holler at me. Woo. Give me a holler. God Indeed. Damn. Indeed. Man, it ain't hot boy summer. You don't know nothing about this hot boy summer. Anyways, uh, welcome back to another episode. Uh, this week we're going to just be talking shit. So talk that shit. Boy, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> we just finished watching some of the debates. Uh, we saw the last one yesterday as well, or Ooh. some of it as well. <clears throat> How much did you watch of uh, both of them? Uh, 
I watched more of today. Okay. Because yesterday I watched Which it. Which is good because I watched more of yesterday, if anything. Oh. What do you think, dude? What are your thoughts? Who who you got up in your polls? Well, yesterday's debate seemed a lot more fucking enthusiastic and energetic than this one tonight because Jesus Christ, those people had some low energy. Well, it's just Um, like, who are some of these? Why do they even have these people run? Do they really expect to win? Like, it's de Blasio and Mr. Incel. Jay Inslee. Inslee. Jay Incel. Yeah, I thought his name was Jay Incel. Uh, well, yesterday you had some fucking ghouls as well, like Baby Delaney and Tim Ryan. Oh, those guys are weird. Yeah. And Hickenlooper. Literally. All these people are the, weird. Just demonic. Where do they get dead-eyed these? Dead-eyed freak. But um, <laughs> Bernie and Warren came out really, Swing. really strong. Uh, they were winning. Hitting, hitting them hard. Everything mm-hmm. that the other candidates were trying to take down from their plans or refute they were able to back it up and fucking shoot them down really hard uh warren even came up with this like really cool line against delaney uh who was like proposing like a very lackluster plan that didn't lack that lacked vision basically and she just basically called him out and said i don't understand why someone would take all this time and resources to run for president just to come up with such a basic ass uh, view on how we can change the world, and everybody was like, "Oh shit, got him!" So, I mean, dude, yeah, that's these. It's that's pretty impressive. Like, I commend her for you know sh- getting them, so to speak, on the debate stage. But people like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie, like when they clap back at all these other candidates, it's punching down so much. It's like insulting the like dumbest kid in your high school class. But not really, because afterwards, the media bias was against Bernie and Warren, and they were of saying course, that yeah. like Delaney was winning. Like, he had the strongest, uh, I guess, Yeah, uh, but like, talking let's be real, yeah. Let's be real. And of course he wasn't. I mean, yeah, that's, why, that's like, what we're that saying. Media, that media's biased, right? But right. what I mean is that, like, to be able to say that on a stage in front of millions of people, apparently 9 million people were watching last night, which isn't a very high number considering the population. But um, Uh the fact that 9 million people are watching these two specific individuals who were so uh, like cast out from society in a way, and they're so uh, iconized in a way that makes their status seem harmful to like the current system right and to see them be able to refute all of that and be able to back up their ideas with like very basic plans and very strong plans is like you don't see that anywhere else in our politics and our political system like bernie's always saying it but that's only to a select few who pay attention to him saying this with an affront and an assault if you will by other people who are directly assault. trying to undermine you. It like it makes a bigger difference because it makes a difference. I understand the merits of the debate stage. Dude. They're all using Republican talking points. Like yeah. you're not a Republican. I'm just saying I'm you? not very like the debates this time around. I'm every all these candidates to me are just lackluster. So like even when they're refuting someone else's point, be it like a good point, I guess, in the way that they're refuting it, it's still just to me punch punching down so much because they're like dealing with these like very entry level politicians. So you have people like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie who have like been like heels to the ground, you know, kind of working their way in the political system and doing whatever they can. 
And then you got to have all these other dudes who are just like, who are you? Like, why are you? <laughs> totally. Why are you even running? I think today was a more of an example of that because I did watch it yesterday. Today I took more notes. Um, I mean, the fact was that they let this amount of people run. So many people, dude. It's ridiculous. Like, they should have started cutting out. Some of these people aren't even polling at like That's 2%. And it's like Jesus Christ! Why are you letting these people go? But again, it's I think they just they just want anyone else but those two. Like that's yeah. the whole goal. Is like they would rather take Delaney, this fucking baby well. I mean, like we have this, uh, we had to today's deb- run president to run the president. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, we had today's debate. Who had the other crop of he- I guess quote unquote heavy hitters, or at least like you know polling high, and even they were just like. Kamala Harris looked like she was drunk the whole time and she was like <laughs> swerving. She's like, I didn't say that. My plan works with them. And Biden, you know Biden. Well, he, of he's course. America's of course fucking mouth. Yeah, America's, America's dad. America's dad. And then everyone was just a little lackluster. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard's pretty cool. I fucks with her. Tulsi Gabbard's okay, but she's just kind of like, I don't know. She's just weird. Like she just doesn't really. I don't think she really has solutions to certain things. I mean, a lot it's of like, these, none of these people I, really do. Of course, compared to everybody, yes. Yeah. Compared to that specific crop of people, but yeah. like, I mean, even if, Corey, I mean, actually, Cory Booker did come out with some pretty good uh, lines. I would. I he think. just seems and so like. I would he's not respect so him as a president. Lame. And he's just, he's he so just seemed lame. like he was fucking that nervous wreck the whole time. I, I don't want it. And then, like, as soon as people started, ch- like, chanting, I don't know if you heard in the beginning when he was making his opening statement, a bunch uh-huh. of people started shouting. Uh, I forget, like, it was like fire. Uh, I forget what his name was. I, I think it was the cop that killed Eric Garner. Oh, shit. Okay. They were shouting that. I don't know what the, the Probably reference. from his hometown. Okay. I would assume. Yeah, they shouted it like they made they they brought his opening remarks to a complete stop. So he from then on he was just his other wonky I was wonky all over the place. So <laughs> to me that Dude, I mean he, like these are this like I get like they're pushing their policies, but to, when I watch these debates, I'm more basing my judgment on them on like their character, their tack, like the way they handle problems. Which I mean it's also what it's for, but even if they have like good policies in the way that they present those policies, I don't know. So, Something about it just seems disingenuous from like I think well because it's you know why it's disingenuous because they're all using the talking points that Bernie has been Yeah, I noticed that has yeah. been promoting right for right, right, all right. these years, right? Since yeah. twenty sixteen. Totally. Like he's the reason why the Overton window has shifted to this narrative of like Let's start talking about healthcare. Let's start talking about the economy. Let's start talking about taxing the wealthy. Like, yes. it's so sad that some of these people regurgitate the same lines that Bernie uses, but they're expecting to get the same effect from the audience. And when they say it, it just sounds like dribble out of their mouth, you know, like it, none of it holds water because they have never meant it in their whole careers until now when it matters most because their whole per- their whole objective is beating Trump. Exactly. You know? I was just going to say like they even they can push these issues that Bernie's been pushing for a long time but they always relate it back to Trump and like since Trump's been in office like he's the mountain that we got to overcome. Like, he's the exactly. result of all this he's shit. He's divided us. He's he divided us. Yeah. Promises. He's denied climate change. It's like he's not the only fucking person who's orchestrating exactly. shit. Or it's like it's just are, like you, are you not trigger taking war. money from the fucking oil lobbyists? Well, that's what that's what I, that's why I liked uh, 
that's why I kind of I like Tulsi Gabbard at least today is because she called out Kamala Harris and she I forget which bill it was like a healthcare bill or something, mm-hmm. and somebody she called out Kamala and she's like this woman I forget her name um, helped write this healthcare bill and she's part of Big Pharma she works for a large pharmaceutical company, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. Kamala Harris clapped back the way she does like she was clapping back all night. Um, she's like, um, excuse me, she didn't write it. She endorsed it. So it's like basically, oh, oh, oh that's a lot better. So she gave you the money to make it. And you're basically <laughs> more in her pocket than her co-writing it with you, where you have at least like jurisdiction to like veto shit. Exactly. But she's excuse giving you the me, money. <laughs> excuse me. I have put ten of thousands <clears throat> of black mothers in jail for their kids being truant from school, okay? Don't you <laughs> yeah. come at me about climate change. Yeah. Don't you come at me about that, okay? She just seemed like, huh, she's so, I, the way that I, I, I guess I've gathered it is the people who are leading in the polls are the ones that are center in the center, right? Like, that's how they... Totally. Very much like... You get most of they, the talking... You might as well be a Republican at that point because what else are you holding on to in the Democratic Party that can really get progression uh moving forward mm-hmm. if you're holding on to these center ass policies that rely on bipartisanship when the republicans are actively dismantling the shit that you keep presenting to them to try and get passed it's like that's such a losing game you know and yeah. it's like uh i've heard the analogy that a lot of people have used in that like they're like the globetrotters the democrats they're the globetrotters <laughs> of the fucking political system <laughs> why because they're that, good at making tricks and the, well, yeah, exactly, and they're just or I'm sorry, not the Globetrotters, the 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 team that faces them, um, whatever team it is that's like yeah, gonna that always be rigged loses, to lose, that's, yeah, that's part of the fucking act, right, know? right, right. I forget what generals, I believe it is. I think they just play it. There's like a, their own league, but anyways, I get the analogy. Anyway, the, the team that has to play the yes. team that's rigged to basically win and puts the whole show on and uses these tricks to put a show on, yeah, yeah to make us. Uh, vie for their attention and vote and and give them praise and and in this case like you know cheer them on which with our votes and it's all an act it's all a stunt just so they can lose and say we don't have the solutions for these problems mm-hmm. that's that's why again like going back to last night's debate with Bernie the fact that you know Delaney and uh, Tim Ryan were coming at him very strongly about Medicare for all mm-hmm. and he was able to be like. If for one instance, I wrote the damn bill. Like yeah, they were trying I, I to tell remember him, that one. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know. And it's like, no, where are you? Ta- of course I know what I'm talking I wrote it. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> I think, is such like a good uh, little clip to have to show people. As right. You, it's, it's very firm. It's very uh, objective about what he's trying to do. Or another one where Delaney, I think, was saying like, I know – how did uh, I know how to navigate a healthcare business? And he screamed out, "It's not a business because right, right. healthcare isn't." A, and that's <clears throat> another thing. Be, it's yeah. like a lot of these people are treating these matters as if they can be solved through by monetary sort of, means. Through monetary means, but also like uh, like Yang was talking about innovation. Whoa, and, right. You know, Yang Gang, uh, baby, Yang Gang, <laughs> dude. That YG. guy just has n- no idea what he's doing up there too fucking i didn't wear a tie neck. did you hear his closing remark probably because he can't fit around his neck like he has a thick ass neck that dude he's gonna give everyone a thousand dollars dude come on you don't like that people love that um <laughs> but again it's it goes back to this idea of these neoliberal policies that basically there's an app for that we are innovating right we are developing the technology to circumnavigate all the problems rather than assessing the problem in itself you know so like with healthcare for instance like 
I think that's going to be the biggest uh, talking point throughout this election and Definitely. probably will like determine the election depending on who wants to uh, vote for health care for all or not. You know? right. And um, the way that uh, Bernie has a plan for it and has designed it in a way that is super innovative, the only thing that people can talk about that are against it are the taxes part of it which is that it's going to raise your taxes, it's going to raise your taxes. And that is just one side, which is a Republican talking point. But the other side is like, okay, raise taxes so you don't spend so much fucking money on another thing. Yeah. You know, it's, you have more money to spend on taxes at that point. To so you're just reallocating the money somewhere else. Exactly. And healthcare is something your money to yeah. this plan, to healthcare. Yeah, healthcare is something that everybody inherently needs. Taxes, like I get taxes feed our economy, but people want to see more of a concrete, uh, I guess, like return on what their tax money is going to. And if you totally, if you know that your tax money is going for healthcare because you see that your healthcare is like dramatically dropped, why wouldn't that be something that you would want to do and sacrifice in? in that giving you would pay more taxes you know like exactly yeah i don't I mean, understand why? the logic tax t- more higher taxes that's a, just like a trigger word you know like people don't most of people like i'm sure don't even understand how taxes work not to insult a lot of people but taxes you know it's a hot word no one wants to be taxed anything like, i'm taxed enough but i mean totally it's like it's again it's the same trigger word as like guns like taking your guns away you yeah. know it has that same uh, volatility with it because mm-hmm. taxes represent this thing that it's like controlled by the government. Like the government is controlling how you spend your money, how you want to give your money. But it's like, well, maybe if the government used it for better policies and not fucking bullshit like a war right. or, you know, to. That'd keep, stop there. That's a, yeah, we spent so much money. Yeah. <laughs> stop Ooh, that's trillions of dollars right yeah. there, you know? Like the fact that. The conversation never leaves the lips of taxes and never engages further with why we need to redistribute wealth from these other vectors is like that speaks so much volume to what they're not saying. Right. Like they aren't saying those quiet parts out loud because they are fucking beholden to those quiet parts. Yeah. So what what else did you see from uh, tonight that you were – you were either laughing at or I mean, just like people like in. De Blasio and Kirsten, what was her name? Gillibrand. They just they're just there, virtue signaling. Like, it's talk about not having a plan for something, you know? Like, they're just like, like and I want to get the big businesses out of the whatever. I don't. I want us to be out of Wall Street's pocket. Da da da. Climate change, trigger work, mm-hmm. like virtue signaling, mm-hmm. but they never. I, from what I saw, didn't really see. They didn't really offer their own solutions too. So. That's it's all like conversations. Let's have conversations. Exactly. That's a great. That's a great way to put it because it was indeed just all conversations for sure. And it's who conversation with who? Like you're talking <laughs> just to right us right now. Yeah, this is tell the conversation. You, tell us your plan. Conversations are already being had that you even need to think of having a conversation. Like <laughs> exactly. Although I am glad that Biden was there amongst these fucking losers because. <laughs> He j- that's just constantly going to uh, decrease his image as a potential candidate. I mean, I don't he's think he did very well. He he, he he did uh, terrible. Most people stepped up pretty well to him, and he's usually the like suave oh, yeah. debate guy. Apparently, before the debate, he told I don't know if it was Gillibrand or someone else, but he told them, "Go easy on me." What? You know? 
What yeah, the fuck? and of course they didn't. You know, <laughs> why like, would what that's? Are you about? I would go harder on you. But like the, uh, well, I like the quote though from Gillibrand about like, oh, you said that uh, women uh, shouldn't be taken away from the family to go into the workforce or something like that. Uh-huh. Like she tried to catch him on this quote that, mm. and she repeated it multiple times. Good, and he, of course, he never addressed the actual quote. Yeah, he, he just, just brushes it off. Of course, my deceased wife. You know, oh worked very hard for our kids. And as a single parent, I raised three children. Shut up. You're maids, yeah. Him, <laughs> who fucking hate him. Yeah, yeah And it's yeah. like, Jesus fucking Christ, fuck all of you. Fuck all of those people. Yeah. Uh, that's why it was so, it, it just wasn't. You know, I, I at, wish. At that point, it was funny to watch. It was but very it much It also funny. makes you feel like you're fucking dripping acid into your eyes or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think yeah yang yang is lame but i think he's playing the game well and i think that these politicians need to play the game more so like him like he's it's like he's breaking the third wall he's like come on trump did he won by insulting these people and i'm gonna win by being sensationalist in some capacity too you know like he's the thousand dollars a month guy like i get (laughs) he loves the the yang bucks but He's buckaroo for him. He's just um, fucking whack, and he's not going to do shit. A entrepreneur. Like, he's just a lame, like, anti-tech dude, but you know he has money, in, or tech has money in him, or he's feeding... He's just using the jargon of, like, business acumen to, yeah, like, try that's what and it, make that, it seem like he's yeah, a fucking that's innovator, what I was, or he can solve the problem. Yeah. It's like... Because I owned a nonprofit, you know. Yeah, yeah, I want yeah. yeah. to bring America back to a thousand bucks a month. Yeah, he's, like, everything is talk about monetary. Everything is spoken in monetary terms with that guy, and it's like he just sounds like a fucking straight salesman, which he is. You know, like he's, exactly. he's yes. like, yeah, he's here to sell America, sell a good America back to people. He's <laughs> yeah, America's exactly. car salesman. He's coming around with this suitcase and his Yang bucks, and he's offering it to he reminds every me fucking of, person. He, he reminds me of that Korean. Uh, guy from the 90s that was like you can make money today what nah. guy is that you never seen that guy uh-uh. uh get rich quick guy get rich quick is this like a like a he was just like a, a chicken to cash he was like a he was like one of the like make money fast kind of guys i don't know interesting <laughs> but the grifter. Uh, yeah um but i do think that um given all of this talk about uh, what's coming up and stuff, it is interesting to see so many of these candidates say the same bullshit about Trump. They just like, love trying to attack Trump. Then they think that totally he's like, he's divided us. Yeah. He, this isn't who we are. Um, the whole bullshit of he hasn't kept his promises. And it's like, I'm sorry. Don't you remember when he literally called like Mexican people, rapists and, right. and thieves and what did you think that those terms were going to represent in his actions, you know? Yeah. Like, he has kept his promises <clears throat> in terms of telling people exactly what he's going to do, which is that he fucking hates, you know, his job, and he just does it at such a lazy pace that it allows all the other fucking vultures to scrap up the pieces and stuff. Yeah. So, which of course, he's going it with this fucking iron fist. Yeah, he's he's got cutting a paycheck, and the people around him are getting their policies that they want, and they're in turn cutting their own paychecks. Exactly. Like I just think that we just need one saving grace person to run. Um, I think you might know who it is, but I think we need Clinton back. I think we, we have some. I think game. we have somebody who can uh, 
Tell us a little better about who should be running. Dude, I got your hat you sent me. You sent for Howard. Howard. Howard, you have to run for president in my minds. Dude, I got your hat you sent me. Me too. You sent me this awesome hat because I'm a fucking slut for Schultz. I'm such a fucking slut. Yes, daddy. So Howard is daddy. Howard is bae. And I am. I need you fucking be my fucking ass. Howard, I'm waiting every day. I'm looking into the sky and I'm screaming, When will you run? When will you run? Same. Howard, I need you to see this video and I need you to hire me as your social media guy. And I want to be in that chair that you and all your boys have been decided what's up with America. And that's what I want. But the other thing I want, I want you to have Thanos as your running mate. Oh my God, could you imagine Thanos, your running mate? Dude, he's so big. That horses are dogs to him. <laughs> they know so big horses, dogs to him. And he can do the, the, the clip like that. Howard, I need you to come find me. I need you to come find me, Howard. I need you to come find me, dude. Jesus. <laughs> come find me. Come find me. And today, today's music pick for the Starbucks is Load by Metallica. It's a fucking awesome CD. It's got the Be My Bitch. It's got fucking the uh, 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 King Nothing. All the fucking hits of the short hair Metallica. <laughs> the short hair Metallica. So, yeah, Howard Schultz needs to run. and uh, That was Howard Schultz's spokesperson. His spokesperson? social media uh, communications guy. Communications uh, director. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Connor O'Malley. Um, oh, the debates are fucking goddamn exhausting, dude. What about I what think else? We need to all a... be sluts for Schultz. I'm, I'm, I, a, I'm a I'm be a Schultz's daddy, daddy, Schultz, daddy, Schultz's daddy. <laughs> so so old, dude. Oh man. Um, Anyways, man, what else is going on, dude? We've been fucking jib jabbing about movies for the last two weeks. Thought we, just, thought we just talked, Tell me how your feelings have been. We had Jawal's <coughs> little uh, kickback uh, party this weekend. That was cool. Saw Jawal. Saw last weekend. Place. His address for everyone who wants to know is, is that 270 South Park Avenue <laughs> in Pasadena. Find him. Uh, door code is 5831. Um, tell and him. Uh, don't forget to press the pound sign yes, yes. when you when you go in. Just to let him know. Jawal is uh, daddy. Daddy, where are you? No, seriously, though, it was really fun this weekend. I'm glad that I was able to go down. I'm actually thinking about going down uh, this weekend, too. Joel said that um, he might be having a little something at his uh, address, which is should. located at 2078 Park Street. Um, because In it's Pasadena, his birthday. California, his 90057. Birth- his birthday, I guess, is coming up. It is on the 5th. For everybody who don't know, Joel was born August 5th, 1991, uh, at the White Memorial uh, in uh Boyle Heights. So you wanna give out his uh social next? His social is seven seven two five three four eight nine one. Uh take his identity. You know, play around with him a little bit. He's got great he's got excellent credit. Excellent credit. Just find him, use his cash, use it quick. It's gonna go. Mm. Jamal, if you hear this no, I'm not sorry. I, the least bit, he turned his back on us. I don't play that. I don't play. His ga- back I don't is forget. Still turned. Dude. I don't forget. He, I, I got a grudge forgive. with him. He's the Fusi tube. How uh, how are things with Fusi? You know, uh, what's his name? We just got married this weekend. Uh, 
Jake Paul. J- Jake Paul. That's right. Or I thought it was Logan. No, it was Jake, married. dude. Oh, okay. Logan would never get married. He's too Did much of a player. Did you see his wedding guest who went? Uh, no. Who was her? Who were the guests? King Bach, I saw. King Bach. Uh, they, some of these people have some random ass fucking names. Uh, oh, yeah. Like who some else? Uh, Dookie Williams. Uh, Dookie Williams. Bikini Kill 7. I saw. Uh, uh, what's her name? Ass, uh, Thong Ass. Thong There was just like a lot of YouTube personalities, you know, really oh, yeah. famous. The who's who of the YouTube sphere. You know who wasn't fucking there because I hear they're fucking bitches? <laughs> Did you see Logan, though, on fucking. Uh, he was being interviewed, I think, on Fox, if I'm not mistaken. Or something. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was literally saying, I think I'm the fastest man alive. Logan fucking Paul. I'm pretty sure I'm the fastest man alive. It's a really bold move to just state, as a matter of fact. I mean, he's so fucking extreme, dude. You can't fucking fuck with someone like that. You really can't. I mean, this guy burns mattresses in his own home. How could you compete with someone like that? Logan is daddy. He is daddy. I'm a slut for Logan. Uh, Are you a slut for Logan? Wow. I'm a roofied slut for Logan. <laughs> Ooh, dude, don't say that. Yeah, he he got acquitted of those charges, dude. Oh, did he? Yeah, he did. You mean he paid them off? And they settled. NBA. That's a, yeah. That's being settled. Here, here he is. What is daddy saying? Old people and millennials to perpetuate my brand, make me go viral and keep me relevant. The amount of earned media that I got because crazy. of this crazy, crazy. hundreds of thousands of dollars for free shows, because shows, of the haters. After it happened with Flat Earth and they did the marketing for us and now it's happening with this, I'm just keep so doing confident <laughs> that they again. will never, ever catch on. And if they do. Okay, that's not what we were looking for. But uh, Logan is still daddy. He's a fucking got a fat, fat stack of cash. You thought I was going to say something else, huh? Ass, yeah. He's got a fat fat ass. ass. Yeah, he's a pog. He is a pog, dude. He's a fucking pog. I'm a pog. (laughs) You know what I'm saying, dude? You know, a pog should just run for president, I think. I feel like... We already have a pog running for president right now. Well, we have a pog-ass president, uh... But they didn't know they were a pog. They blossomed into a beautiful Those are pog. my favorite kind of pogs. Well, the pogs that don't know that they're pogs, you know, they're just the cute little innocent pogs, and that's uh, Trump. The cute little innocent pogs who eat McDonald's every night and, you know, Come on, go Harris to sleep at 8 o'clock. Those are definitely pogs. Ooh. Speaking of pog, I saw Once Upon a Time in uh, Hollywood. Have you seen it yet? I haven't. Is Margot <coughs> Robbie? Are you talking about Margot Robbie, it's no, him. I'm not. I'm talking about Quentin Tarantino himself. Is he in it? At uh, all? Did he do a cameo? Spoiler alert, he's Charles Manson. No, he's just kidding. He's Sharon Tate's baby. <laughs> he's Sharon Tate's baby? <laughs> yeah, he's strapped to her the whole, the whole time. Hey, man. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of talk going around recently uh, on film Twitter about Quentin Tarantino and just kind of his um, his films in general and how people were saying like oh he's canceled now all of his movies when you look back at them you know it's all about like uh demonizing women and like his films aren't actually that good it's just made for a white male audience and all this bullshit of course it's just like not true uh even going after his longtime editor that he's worked with sally mank i believe her name is Mm -hmm. uh which is like 
I wonder why all these fucking, uh, you know, so-called cinephiles, especially male cinephiles, are going after a female editor of this guy's films. Like, sounds a lot of it sounds a lot like people are jealous of just his body of work and the magnitude of. I mean, why else would you insult someone so prolific like that who has made movies exactly. with the? He's anti-male or anti-female. His best move, one of his best movies, are Kill Bill. And fucking Jackie Brown. Like, yeah, and Jesus Jackie Brown. Christ. Yeah, even and Pulp Fiction. Like, Mia, Mia Watson's pretty badass in that movie. Uh, it's, a, it's a strange argument to make given the, the sort of uh, effect and arrest on the medium of film in general that this guy has had yeah. through his career. And to just, like, I don't know. It's so weird because it's like, you're, first off, film is just an expression of an idea. It doesn't necessarily mean that, like, if someone puts on a screen that, you know, a woman is getting beat, that this director in Think turn wants that beats to his happen wife or yeah. Or, yeah, or actively does or supports it. Right. It's like, this is an expression of the world that we live in. Yes. Take it through a different lens, which is Quentin Tarantino's lens, which is also kind of uh, layered through his work as, like, a fucking... Uh, as a video store clerk for so long, you know, right. like his movies are an amalgamation of everything he's interested in and everything he's seen, which is why they're so cool because it's like a collage of like the coolest shit that's just reimagined. Yeah, all in, like the for a good example of that is uh, I watched the Hateful Eight uh, over the week or y- actually yesterday. So I watched it, the episodic version, which is extended, but I haven't seen the old one in a while, so or the original, so I don't know how much they've added. To it, but it was like four hours long. But that's like a direct, like homo- like homage to the thing, obviously in that movie. And it's just a great example of him fucking his knowledge of film and him pulling. Are you listening to me right now? You said to the thing. <laughs> yeah, hateful what eight. Yeah. You don't think it's How's an homage that? to the, the hateful eight paranoia amongst a group of people? Uh, uh, what's the what's the word when it's a group of people in a film? Uh, what do you mean? Uh, there's a word for it, like a party film. Oh, no. Uh, ensemble film. It's an ensemble, ensemble. film. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of the shots in that film, um, if you play them, I saw this uh, side-by-side video that he did with to the thing. Um, uh-huh. A lot of the are the panning, the isolation in the snow. Um, Dario, I mean, not Dario Argento, uh, Ennio Morricone fucking doing the soundtrack. Even the like theme for The Hateful Eight, um, is very much like the theme for the thing, just like a Western version of it and a little more uh, up-tempo. Well, even the... Uh, okay, so that makes sense. And, like, the identity, too, right? Like, Yeah, like, no who's really the bad sure guy? Who's yeah. who? Yeah, who's the bad guy? Because... Kurt Russell? Technically, <laughs> everyone is at, at one point, you know? Right. Um, that makes a lot of sense now. You've, Damn, uh, you've, I, never, you've never drew those I lines? Well, I actually haven't never seen the thing, to be honest. Oh. Uh, that's like a sore spot in my sort of film. That makes of war, sense. Yeah, a lot of the just the, I do need to check it out. It's a I would watch it tonight, actually. But uh, yeah, it, it's basically just the thing reimagined in a Western story. But it's okay. like yeah, I mean the th- the story of the thing is like who do you trust, basically, right? Totally. Yes. Yeah, and. Um, well, I'm. Mean, that's the so again going back to Quentin Tarantino and this idea that like he makes films for only a very specific audience and this sort of white male gaze, which is like 
again, how can that be true when he borrows from such an eclectic right. uh, range of film that's out there, you know, like uh, from like spaghetti westerns to like gangsters to like Yakuza flicks to mm-hmm. old uh, fucking kung fu sort of like, you know, amateur hour midnight uh, flicks as well. And it's like, how can you say that just be, just because he is a white man, right? What seems mm-hmm. to be the the crux in this issue is that because he is this white man taking these uh, other properties from other places is like then churning it into his white male gaze. Right. When, if anything, it's more of like his films have always been an homage to yeah. everything that he is in love with. You know, it's better to look at them that way than to try and make it seem like he is commodifying something. Yeah, you or know? ripping off another storyline. Because I've heard that one a yes. lot too. Like he rips off a lot of the same shots of other films and he's just And I've he, I've heard that too, definitely. And maybe there is some merit to it because a lot of artists borrow from each other, they steal from each other all the time. Yeah. But it's all about like the originality of it. Like it, none of that would matter. If it wasn't for the weight that his dialogue brings in, that his oh, sort of uh, the way he he sets his shots, you know, from yeah. like so just beautifully very, shot, they are, and they can be very erratic too. Sometimes they don't follow like this rigorous sort of, uh, you know, just like a wide shot to close up, close up, wide shot, close and even up, the like, same shit we've talked about before with other films, where yeah. it's like, and why even, would you want something that? narrow-minded yeah and, and he, even his way of storytelling and his plot the way he put pl- uh the way he plays his plot development out um once upon a time in hollywood uh his that film was kind of a little all over the place for a good while and uh it'll just like cut to like a movie that leonardo dicaprio did because he's like sitting at a table talking about the movie he filmed and it's like a full-on mo- another movie basically because it's the movie that they're talking about about leo and uh that one jumps around a lot too, but I think it did a great job of pushing that story along. And it's so unique to him, you know, like I don't think that anybody mm-hmm. could craft that in the way that he did this film. And uh, I mean, he, he's such a dense uh, writer and such a dense thinker in terms of what he wants his films to be about, you know, like yeah. they are also, and they're also like genre oriented, which is, which is very cool because it makes him, create an entire world that's just packed into this one specific idea. Yeah. And I think that he's able to like create originality from that, even though he's borrowing from so many different things, it's, it's his ability to render that through his specific vision that makes it perfect. Um, and very unique. Like, Oh yeah. I, I think one thing though, that is interesting is that, um, he does there are there's some very lynchian stuff to his work as well like mm. the specific reservoir dog scene with um uh I don't know the actor's name but when he's cutting off the policeman's ear I believe or the Michael, ambulance guy Michael Madsen? He, Yes there you go and he's cutting off his ear and it, it just the whole scene of him dancing to the music with a razor blade while this guy's tied up you know it's a very yeah. brutal scene played with a very happy song that's all Lynch right there. Like even the ear is like a direct cut from Lynch because that's Blue Velvet, you know. Well, like, when did Blue Velvet come out? Blue Velvet definitely came out before that. Uh, before before it, Reservoir Dogs. So it came out probably in the eighties. In the eighties, it definitely did. I think it was like the. It might have been late seventies, so that it came out right before that. But it is definitely 
uh, hints at that because Lynch is the he he Blue Velvet has all of those scenes in terms of like the happy music, uh, uh-huh. Roy Orbison, you know, playing alongside Frank, the evilness that incorporates the whole film, fucking beating the shit out of you know, out of Kyle McLaughlin, like th- just that whole nature of evil alongside happiness making art together yeah. is very Lynchian. And it's cool that he uses that in his films, but um, that I, I don't see a lot of people talk about that, that side of it specifically, at least with the ear. So what's your uh, favorite uh, Quentin Tarantino movie? I think I remember you said Hateful Eight, actually. I, no, I actually, I said Jackie Brown. Oh, Jackie Brown. Right, right, right. But I do think Hateful Eight is one of his, is one of his best too. I do like it a lot compared I, to, I like it a lot uh, too some of the other ones. I mean, um, Jackie Brown is just, it has everything that I like about Quentin Tarantino, even without the fucking action. And, uh, there's no action in that movie. Not really, except for like the very subtle parts when, you know, Robert De Niro shoots, uh, that girl in the parking lot or (laughs) when he gets fucking killed, you know, like they're so sudden, but they're done with such a comical value that like, and it's such urban environments where it's very public yeah. it's like he heightened, he, just, he keeps heightening the tension of uh of what's going on of the criminality and i think that one makes it very real like uh the fact that she goes um pam greer going through this fucking uh bell bonds guy like that whole interaction with him and him giving her this legal advice like it's just so well written and well constructed it really makes you feel like the crime is committed and has dire consequences and for, for these characters and for a film that has the least amount of action probably of all of his films uh i felt that the pacing in that one is the best too because it's a pretty long dense movie too but oh yeah you just feel like very chilled listening to these people these people's dialogues and the, their scheming and jackie brown mm-hmm. scheming over everybody it's just a very easy to get through a movie and easy to digest. It's because it's it's funny. It's probably one of his funnier ones. Oh, oh naturally right. funny, you know, like without like having like punchlines and shit. Like some of his movies do, or like funny scenes or funny little like tags. This one is just like the interactions. This, these dumb cops, Michael Keaton's fucking just like a gung ho like young cop. Samuel Jackson's just a piece of shit. It's such a piece. Of <laughs> he's shit such. A, I love that. And when but you, he's such a schemer. Like he's I love, so uh, good at that, at slithering his way throughout the film and making it out. Like yeah, he just does it. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's a good movie, dude. Um, that's my I, I favorite mean, one, probably for. For, for sure. Pro- yeah. Yeah. For sure. I, I, like it. I think um, that kind of cruising throughout his film you know the sort of pace that it's set is very because it's very it feels very los angeles yeah know, like that's that, that too that's a, another element very stagnated sort of static feel to it where everything seems only in motion when you're watching a certain group of people or when when you're moving or when you're speaking or when you're acting basically so it, it does take on this like meta idea of what LA is in general. And I have always like admired Tarantino for doing those types of films for that. But like he, even his historical period pieces are even better sometimes because he's, he's able to reimagine them and he's able to use these historical contexts to his advantage, like, like uh, Inglorious Bastards. Right, right, right. I was Inglourious about to ask Bastards what, is, 
I was about so to ask. Uh, cool. I was about. I was about to ask which were his historical pieces because I drew a complete blank. But uh, yeah, you said Inglorious Bastard. Inglorious Bastard. I mean, even Hateful Eight is a historical piece. Uh, Django. Django is definitely historical. All those three can be good. Com- they're good companion pieces with each yeah. other. Like Once Upon a Time. That's a historical Once piece upon- too. Exactly. You know, uh, I, and I think that Inglorious, uh, Hateful Eight, and um, Django. Uh, Django all have this like very special place in the Quentin Tarantino canon because they're so much different from everything else that he's done. Like right. they hold this like very unique uh, value in terms of historical context, like I was talking about early, because with Django, it's reimagining the slave movement to reinforce uh, this character to become like to to choose his own destiny to rise up against the white man uh-huh. uh which is not it, which is not really in history which is not really taught in schools in general like cuz there wasn't very many people who were able to do that sidebar uh you know a trailer i saw when i saw the new quentin tarantino movie what was that i think it was it was a movie about harriet tubman i think it might yes, just be called it's tubman called- Tubman or Harriet. I think it's called Harriet. Actually. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Have you seen the trailer? <laughs> well, I, so I heard, so for people who want to look this up, if they want to, Champagne Sharks actually came out with a really good episode about the actress who's playing uh, Harriet Tubman, okay. who is this Nigerian woman, or she's not an, an African-American, okay. uh, or what African-Americans have called DOS, which is African-American Descendant of Slaves, or DOS, because I think there are sometimes a tendency to think that like the cultural, um, the cultural impacts that face African-Americans are also attributed to those who are maybe from an a, a, uh, actual African region that come over to the United States, have like a very different experience, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. And they were talking about how this woman who's playing this character has basically insulted descendant of slave culture and has like talked about it in a way that makes it feel like she's deeming them as inferior. They're less the, superior than the actress than, has said that. Yes, the actress, and huh. she just made these certain comments about uh, African Americans and descendants of slaves in general to and make somehow making her experience like validated for her to because play she the didn't role. grow up in America, right. so she didn't experience that racism. So right. because she grew up in a proud African nation in a proud African country, she didn't go through those experiences. Thus, she's not able to realize the the I guess the dichotomy between you know how it is here in yeah. America. Hmm. That's Which I think is a valid excuse because why not give that to an African American who might be able to portray it better because they've had experience within their own families that have gone through slavery. Like, don't th- wouldn't that actress portray that character better than someone who has had no experience in terms of American racism? Yeah, I see that point. But then it's like because it's very unique to America that racism. I see that point. But then when you're like talking about. Uh, black women who are in Hollywood, not to say they haven't been discriminated against, but their experience is even a lot more different from a, of course. a person who is, you know, lower in the social economic plane. So, I mean, I don't, I think it's like, it's not that far of a different experience for somebody who 
is from a different country who has spent her life probably acting and is in a world of acting where I'm sure they're like, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's discriminations, but at the same time, like I feel like actresses live a very sheltered, uh, they have a very sheltered experience as opposed to like (laughs) someone who is authentically a, I mean, they're both authentic in their own right, but you know what I'm saying? Like somebody who's of course. not in that world where eyes are on you and you have to hold this like level of esteem and it's just, it's just different. I mean, it is definitely, but I think it, it is an interesting question to talk about because even Samuel L. Jackson has raised it. Uh-huh. Uh, it speaking of fucking Samuel, man, and Tarantino films and stuff, he plays such a very specific character of African-American racism that has exist same with Django uh with Django and like Jamie Foxx and stuff like yeah. I don't think he, I don't think they could have chosen like a uh uh someone who's from the UK who's also black or someone who's from an African uh what country if, who's what if black they chose someone I, from the south well that's what I, but the, either way if they pick someone from America that's a black actor I feel like they would have represented that character but couldn't more someone couldn't someone uh, raise the argument against Samuel and be like he's not from the south he doesn't know a southern experience of what it's like to be a black person I'm talking about American racism though because American racism isn't just unique to the south it's only I understand, unique to the but, south in that it still exists predominantly in a very blatant way yeah. but it doesn't mean he what his racist experience isn't compared isn't compared to those. Well, how long in is the, the all right, how long is the woman who's playing sense? Harriet Tubman? How long has she been in America for? Honestly, I I, I don't know too much about the hmm. context of that. I want to. I'm gonna listen to that again and I'm yeah. gonna look into it more. But that also is very the, telling too. Like yeah, because she is an immigrant too. Like if she's been here for a long time, then her chances of having that a similar experience to a American native actress. Well, could a be lot of close. these producers and production companies don't choose like. They just bring over these women from other yeah, countries who yeah. are just actresses in English-speaking films. It's not like she lives in America. She might not even live in America. She just no. I know. I'm just. I'm wondering, like, oh, if okay. she did, then it, I mean, it, I'm just saying, like, the argument. I understand the argument, but it's like, yeah, that's also a Hollywood movie about like Harriet Tubman, and she's no, like fucking definitely. like swinging through like like on like fucking ropes and like. Just like shooting guns and like Super fighting woman. fighting people. So it's like that either way, no matter what actress you get to play totally. this movie, you're not telling an authentic story about a woman who had a huge impact on the slave revolution, you know? I guess what it, it's just it to is, me it's a pandering film is what I would even <laughs> brought it up too. It's like, come on, they, just the way that it's portrayed, like you're ready now. Like she's getting like this like tr- martial arts training and like gun training mm-hmm. by Janelle Mon- Monet and uh it's just, it's like, who cares who the actress really is? I mean, I get it. I think, yes, in the end, who really cares, of course. But it is very intriguing because right. you do see a lot of films and a lot of uh, production companies or producers moving towards uh, foreign black actors rather than African-Americans. True. That is a problem. Yeah, like, I understand in that. Get Out with uh, Daniel Kulala, like, He's from the UK. His experience, he has even said when Samuel L. Jackson made those comments that like, I, I think there's this idea that this uh, that people from black people from the UK maybe take to white people better, thus they're easier huh. to bring into the fold in terms of these movies because they're maybe working with a, little, a lot more white people. I don't, I, I don't know. That could be right. a I, thing I, as well. Yeah, but it's a, it's weird. It's a weird and sticky topic because. Again, racism is uh, something that 
we as Americans have never really dealt with fully. Uh, I mean, they're talking about fucking rape reparations yeah. during the debates. Like that's like a big sign of where we are today in terms of uh, the the equal distribution of resources towards different people of different races. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, just think, I think when it's, when you talk about just anybody in the world of Hollywood, it's that's even stickier too because that's just the, anyone in that world has a different experience. So when you start talking about like, well, this actor, they should be hiring these kind of actors too, and it's like, I mean, I don't know. I also know nothing about how the Hollywood world works. So, I mean, it's all money in the end, yeah. right? They're gonna pay whoever they want to. They're and gonna like, get the star who get brings in the the most revenue for that movie, like. In the end, I don't think they actually care about the product. They just care about who's in it or who they can get to work on that project. Yeah, now they just like to tie names, which I mean, which I think is good for this Harriet Tubman movie because I mean, they didn't get. I I don't know who this black actress is. I've never heard of her, so like, true. It could have easily yes. gotten like Gabrielle Union or something. No, <laughs> yeah, be a beautiful black actress. And Zoe they got some. And even uh, Daniel, uh, what's it? I forget his last name uh, from Get Out. Like uh, he was a relatively, Kalala, yeah. un- he was a relatively unknown. Uh, actor prior to that and that i mean that's for the best uh black mirror episode that's it oh right yeah see even in black mirror yeah so i mean i don't know no i i think it is great that they're giving these people these spots because either way right uh representation matters yeah yes in the smallest sense um but again when you're telling american stories about american heroes yeah that's a different lot yeah i I understand the but i understand interesting yeah but again we're not making these fucking films. We can only comment that on them. Or it's all a them. money grab. I mean, this the whole like I said, the whole reason I brought up the fucking Harriet Tubman movie is because of the way that they portrayed this whole movie. She's fucking jumping through fucking over wires and diffusing bombs. It was like another action movie. <laughs> yeah, like the yeah, message. Yeah, the did. message is secondary, you know, in like <laughs> what she tried to do, like exactly it's like wait what was she doing again exactly you just yeah <laughs> she was like this assassin i guess for just assassinating white people or something okay all right i'll take it hollywood yeah um i don't know i hollywood. mean the fucking what else trailer did i see i saw uh the joker trailer i don't the, know how I'm the joker baby that's literally how they i'm beginning to see that things are crazy or whatever the fuck. <laughs> you want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> it just I'm does the Joker, that. Baby. <laughs> Joker cringe, dude. They need to just cast those people in the Joker. That would be great. Let's get a Joker cringe. Fucking. I'm a man of my word. <laughs> <laughs> the TikTok Joker cringe, dude. Those are the best. Honestly, I think they should just get those guys to play every single why didn't they get one of those guys to play harriet they could have fucking nailed might as well it. they're in the joker makeup as harriet tubman <laughs> you want to know how i freed these slaves <laughs> oh shit so you think white batman has made alabama a better place huh I want to. Oh, here, this is a good. I like this guy. This is. Oh my god, this is the one of the best ones right here. Okay, get. <laughs> Fuck! I wish we had video to show the listeners of these Joker cringe, but I think even just the audio is cringy. Hey, it's the Joker, baby. It's cringy. E goddamn no. Hey, motherfucking ass. No. 
This guy has full makeup. Love the intro. We live in a society, dude. What's that noise in the background? I love this guy. He does the full on tongue. be Harvey Squeeze. And you are beautiful. I mean, he's, I'm not going to lie, this is a not bad of impression. Actually, that's exactly what I was just going to say. Isn't the stars Although, stop doing the tongue. Like, no, you don't need to do the tongue. No one needs to do the tongue. She gets self a sight of me. She leaves. Now I see the funny side. Now I'm always smiling. <laughs> now he's always smiling. Hollywood, I'm coming. Complete me. Yeah, people who do the fucking Joker cringes are the best kind of people. Wait, ho- hold on, real quick. You complete me. You complete me. Joker cringe is what I'm all about. Honestly, if we could just have a movie about the guys who, like a documentary about the guys who do the Joker compilations, or I'm sorry, not the the impressions, um, that would be an Oscar contender right there. A documentary on the people who commit their lives? Impersonate the joker and like why do you do it what what is your dude he's fucking the best the most prolific anarchist you've ever heard of next to rorschach so why wouldn't you want to pursue everyone we have all need to be the joker dude we all need a a piece of the joker inside of us (laughs) (laughs) that's what uh joaquin phoenix is uh Joker laugh is pretty cringe too. It looks he's like he's doing a fucking impression. So proud of those guys. It looks really bad. It doesn't look really bad. It just looks like what is this movie? It looks try hard a little bit. It looks pretty try hard, yeah. Especially because Joker is such a fucking. Honestly, I mean, if we're gonna be serious about supervillains in general, they're fucking lame. They're really lame. They are made. <laughs> They were made in the 30s or 40s when fucking burglaries were like cool, you know, or something. Like, Jesus Christ. The, the Joker and the Penguin and the Riddler. Like, these guys do not need to be around anymore. They do not fit into the fucking society. Society, you said it. That's trigger word. For criminality. Um, it's just hilarious. Two Face, see? Crying. And the Two Face, ha ha ha. I'm like, I'm going to rob the bank. <laughs> no one does those crimes anymore that they do and yet they diamondized peddling them <laughs> Ooh, i'm gonna get together with the mob boss and we're gonna take down the docks <laughs> holy we're shit we're gonna steal a shipment of their italian meats holy Fuck. Honestly, like when you think about these villains now, do you see any of them existing in like our oh, time? My God. No, not at all. The Riddler dude? The crimes though. The crimes yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna poison the water tower. 
sick. Sick, dude. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, dude. They were made so long ago. I've never, I've never thought of it like that. <laughs> specifically, though, towards fucking... Oh, shit. Towards... Uh, <laughs> towards... Towards Batman villain. Batman villain, yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man, I mean, no, Spider-Man, they have powers, but... Spider-Man are a little cooler. They're a little... They're theatrical, too, but Batman's <laughs> definitely got the rogue galley of just amateur mob fucking assassins or something, you know? <laughs> what was that one? It was like a puppet? <laughs> He's like a yeah, mob boss. he was literally like a, like a short guy, the bagel boss with a puppet. Basically. Yeah, the bagel boss. Holy fuck, that was hilarious, dude. <laughs> We're going to steal these firecrackers from the Chinese. From the Chinese, there. from the Iraqis. That's how they get modern. <laughs> the Middle Eastern guys are selling yeah. us the drugs. Oh, my God. It's so funny, dude. <sighs> That's like, hilarious. His rogue gallery has existed this long. The guy who had the lapel, a flower lapel that squirts acid... <laughs> Is still around and is still making movies. The clown. He's a clown. Did we forget that? Did we all forget that he's a clown? Yes, dude. People have forgot. That's like, God, so secondary. <laughs> Holy fuck. Now it's making me think about how bad the old Batman movies are. Especially the one with from, with uh, Danny DeVito. I'm the oh, penguin guy. See, man. give me the diamonds. I'm trying to steal their fish. You see? <laughs> Is that what he was trying to do? That way? No, I don't. I honestly don't remember what he or was like trying to do. I like the one with Mr. Free with Arnold Schwarzenegger. But it really is all like chill. I manage. <laughs> he literally out. steals a diamond. It like powers the ice or something. Yes. He was so damn icy. Oh, man. Those guys are so funny. I'm so glad that we got to live through these rogue (laughs) galleries that still exist. They're never going to go away. They really are. I mean, they've kind of phased them out a little bit. Yeah, like Two Face and the Joker, especially. He's the one. Like, Batman, he's got drones now and he's surveying you every single day of your life. If Facebook's watching you, Batman's definitely watching Batman you. Batman is definitely on your ass. Seriously. <laughs> like the Scarecrow? He kind of has fallen off the map, honestly. He was pretty cool in Injustice, I will say. Oh, in Injustice, huh? Yeah, he got uh, Batman to kill Wonder Woman. Or not Batman, Superman. Damn. Oh, shit. That's pretty cool. First. That, that's so cool, dude. <laughs> <laughs> because Batman cool. thought he was killing the guy who steals the diamonds, i.e. the Joker. <laughs> hey, we're going to steal the diamonds from the docks, okay? <laughs> from the docks. I got a gunship mate coming in. <laughs> Unregistered. And that's all Batman's focused on, is on those guys who are fucking robbing from the docks and shit, you know? Like, they do the same thing every Meanwhile, weekend. Meanwhile, he has you the technology to... docks they're going to every weekend. <laughs> he has the power you to know. fucking clear climate change, and he's over here fucking you... dealing with petty thieves, putting... <laughs> he's a fucking plug for the prison system, dude. He's in their pocket. He fucking keeps Arkham running, and they keep his cash flow flowing. This conspiracy. Batman's a conspiracy. 9 11 was perpetrated by people within our own government. <laughs> I am normal. 
I mean, Arkham Asylum just exists to put these people back out into the streets so he can fight them again. Yeah, That's there's no there's no reform for. in there, dude. Our tax dollars, Gotham's tax dollars are fucking sinking away. You're telling me you haven't changed the security <clears throat> system since you opened? Fucking, if they step out, kill, like, have a gun, kill them. Oh, but I can't Why, kill. Yeah. I no, can't I can't. Kill. I can't kill. I'll just be The Joker I'll, has poisoned the water tank. Come I'll just on. cripple him. I can't kill. I'm sorry. Although, I must say, Snyder's, uh, Scott Snyder's rendition of the Joker and the Batman is one of my favorite in comics. Yeah, he, the, the most recent one where his face, his face comes off? Or. Mm. Well, I guess it's the, the most recent one. Technically, well, now it's like recent ish. Yeah. How old is that now? Almost like five years. That was back in, yeah. Holy it's pretty shit. old. Yeah. It's been a while. That one was a good Joker. I don't remember but it how that played out. Joker, because he was, in, he's literally in love with Batman. He's right. infatuated with him in a way that almost is homoerotic, which is really cool. I think because. That's an aspect of Joker we really haven't seen, you know. No, he's just Mister Stilio, Mister Stilio, girl's diamond. <laughs> oh man, Mister Stilio, girl, and tire to a train <laughs> train. <laughs> oh fuck, that was fucking hilarious, dude. You had me a crying and a snotting. Had you rolling? That was good. I never thought about it. The Batman villains in that context. <laughs> How old they they actually fucking are, dude. There's st- mm-hmm. Batman's from what yeah, like you said, the thirties or something? What was really? fucking Batman? Really, at least Superman's fighting like super intergalactic shit. Beings. Intergalactic beings. Universal threats. Yeah, you can yeah. always keep that around, yeah. Batman's just a cop. <laughs> He's literally just a cop. Dude. He really uh, just is, yeah. Who uh, didn't play football in high school or college, but decided to drop out and my, go be a vigilante? My friend, who's a my friend, uh, Max, who he was in the you know he's in the military or whatever. Uh huh. Um, and he were talking about tattoos, and he likes he's been a big Punisher fan even before joining the military. And he was talking to me. He's like, "Yeah, dude, I think I'm gonna get a Punisher tattoo." I was like, "Dude, do not fucking get a Punisher tattoo." He's like, "No, it's sick." I was like, "Dude, you're you're in the military. Like, you're basically saying like, I fucking love the Marines, the troops. Dude. I love killing people. I love is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I love but killing foreigners. You, you're basically saying I love shooting people that I see, right? Regardless of their intention, it's all about my revenge." So yeah, I shut down his Punisher tattoo ideas because Hey, well that is some sick shit because this there is some weird cohesion between that Punisher logo and the like uh law enforcement agencies as well. They yeah. love that Punisher logo. Cause he's the fucking he's the the guy of justice who doesn't give he's a fuck. He's the vengeance bringer. He'll do he anything to fucking the law lay the law. And that's it's but that's so again. If we can attribute that with this person and him being in the military and being like, you wearing that makes you seem like you just love killing people. Imagine that with the cops. Yeah. You're patrolling your streets and you're wearing a fucking Punisher logo on your fucking, like a patch on your outfit or something or like. They think they're the Punisher, dude. They're ready to blast you. Exactly. They think that's, that was Punisher's job, you know? Yeah. and it's like, no, Punisher was just taking out revenge because... Against the people who stole the diamonds and killed his wife. Yeah. <laughs> against the mob bosses. He has fucking dated villains too now. Against the mob bosses taking Cuban cigars illegally. Ooh, the goddamn commies. Makes me fucking yeah. sick. 
It is gross to see that unionization so hard within the, uh, within the well, cops. Hey, but that bill passed, uh, the AB 392 one oh, nice. that we talked about, it did pass in California. So That's it awesome. will be the strongest use of force law in the country now. So That's great. Yeah. Good so news. At least we have that. Praise be to the most high. Praise be. I'm a slut for AB 392. Hell yeah. Just like I'm a slut for Howard Schultz. Um, let's close it off, dude. Uh, For daddy. Uh, let's close it off with an- some other wise words from our boy, uh, Connor O'Malley. I think he has another message for us. Um, he just, he, he's just a, a gem in this crazy world, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like this tweet he posted. Uh, <laughs> He posted, uh, let me show you so you can see. I love that he doesn't spell Howard's name out. It's Howard. Uh, <laughs> this tea right here, uh, it's so funny. Fantasy. Pitmaster shreds pork, then uses pork grease black gloves for fingering sex acts. Then we volunteer to serve the pork at a barbecue fundraiser for Vietnam veterans affected by Agent Orange exposure. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a... It's a big, the clips he uses. It's, it's a picture of a girl boss chopping up some prime meat. And then, like, what looks like the guy from fucking Mad Max choking some other dude. <laughs> it's very autoerotic. Uh, it really is. And then a nice, cute little picnic <laughs> with a Vietnam vet. <laughs> with a Vietnam vet. <laughs> but this is the video I wanted to watch before. It's his audition tape. Uh, he wants to be somewhat of an actor, of what I've heard. Uh, where is he? Oh, here we go. Um, you guys really need he to hear his, Disney. You guys really need to hear his audition tape. It's... It's pretty fucking good. Let's uh, let's give it a whirl. Connor, he's a new guest uh, host guy. Help us close it out. What's up, guys? My name's Connor O'Malley, and I'm an actor. <laughs> I'm 17 years old. I'm out here in California. I want to be casting your role. <laughs> I want to play all the characters in your film. I want to be the bean guy. I want to be the nice guy. I want to be the boss that says no. I want to be the cop that saves the day. I went, I went, I'm in California. I'm absorbing the energy down the LA River. My favorite film is 2005 film Crash. And I want to. Be- <laughs> if your family is, a, if your dad is an acting guy who's in charge of directing, please let him see this video and let him know that I want to be an actor. Sure. in the club. Uh, I love to have a good time. Um, I, uh, and I, I want to be in the Fast and Furious franchise. That's why I moved out here. I have, a, I have an eight-year-old son, and I haven't seen him in two years. <laughs> I got access to his cell phone for the next hour. So if you have any jobs, please contact me. Thank you guys very much. <laughs> he has access to his cell phone for the next hour. <laughs> It's so um, gold. I hope I'm that funny someday. <clears throat> I hope. I can only hope to improvise that good, so good. on the spot. Uh, but uh, yes, here we are again. Do another episode of Third Hire World Ballers. Hire Connor O'Malley. Hire Connor O'Malley to be your social media guy. He's normal. He's completely normal. He's very normal. He wants to be normal. It's good to be a normal guy. So it is wonderful. Um, it is wonderful. We're back for another episode. We will back be back next week and every week, like I always say like and subscribe to this shit because i'm fucking broke yang yes, gang we need you yang gang where's that thousand dollars bud come You're on the G. only reason we exist all right geez well we'll, we'll see you next week with the yang gang and hopefully a thousand dollars richer yang gang i love you